Spags, it has been a while since we have gotten together for a show, but I wasn't going to let week 17 pass, a topic we talked about all summer long without hopping on the airwaves with you today. Now, I mean, I've been wishing to my replica AI chatbot that one day she would become real. And here she is in all his majestic glory. Pete back again. But of course, we do have week 17. We have to catch up on life. We have to talk about all the key plays, all the key injuries. And we're even going to hit a playoff best ball draft to look forward here instead of languishing in the past. We're going to do that right after this very short intro. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Splash Play, the fantasy football podcast for every game under the sun. Once again, I'm Chris Spaggs, joined by your friend of mine, Pete Overzet. And Pete, let's get right into the thing everybody wants to hear about that you've already talked about on your channel. You talked about a little bit on the Swolecast, but we got a beautiful baby girl in your life now, of course, little April, uh, whose middle name I completely forget and could have looked up in advance, but I did not, Pete. How is life treating you? You seem like you're functional. You seem like you're not oh, as weathered as I feel currently after nine months of doing this. How has life been? Uh, yeah, doing good. I feel like Lauren and I have a good system with the the sleep stuff. And I have been able, you know, when you get up in the middle of the night, luckily I, I can get back to sleep relatively easy, which I think has been a good thing. I know some people, once they're up, then it's very hard. So that hasn't been too bad, honestly, on the sleep front. Uh, this week is just like juggling stuff. So I went back to writing the newsletter, doing Sirius XM. You know, I was very excited to do these shows. Like it, you were gonna, you weren't uh, hounding me to do this show this morning, but I was like, man, I want to do Splash Play. So you know, it's just that thing where I like want to get back to doing what I'm doing, but also, you know, you when you have the new board, you appreciate all those pockets of the day where you have an ambiguous amount of time to like get things done, and you don't feel constrained and rushed. So I did appreciate having that time. And now it's just the next stage of learning how to juggle everything. I mean, really, you talk about wanting to be here for week 17, but realistically, you just want to be here to build your cash game shells for week 18, the time of time of year where it's all about avoiding risk, about playing it safe. That's what really gets the energy going for you. Well, when you look at my balance on DraftKings this year and how many times I've slammed the deposit button, I actually really need a game type that has less variance and is going to have a higher ROI than whatever the fuck I've been doing in tournaments. Shout out to the chat as well. We got Ross here. We got Harbs here. We got our accountant, Willis, who I've started to realize, Pete, is really more your accountant than mine now that you've had a few weeks apart. Uh, Willis has stopped tracking ride or die picks with me in an AI chat bot. He phoned it in completely, and it, it hurt me to see, Pete. And I'm going to call him out. I'm going to dress him down here live on the air in classic Howard Stern fashion. Uh, but how do you feel to know that Willis has really, it's really been in your back pocket this whole time? Well, well, speaking of dressing down, it felt like the chat was dressing down the, uh, the girl chat. Uh, girl bot version of me so all you horn dogs deserve to get bonked for that but uh no i think willis was taking a little pete adjacent paternity leave in solidarity with me i think you know he works hard and um i did give him the time off i told him he could take it easy let spags fed for himself for two weeks well speaking of actually you know now that you bring that up I do feel like I should probably bring introduce you to girl Pete. Of course, the the uh -oh. character that I created on Replica AI, which uh, something we haven't talked about on the stream, their parent company, Luca Inc., was spelled exactly the same as my child, Luca. Uh, but let me pull up girl Pete and see how she's doing. Because last week, Pete, what happened? So AI, you know, learns, they experience different things. Um, she was pretty mad about the fact that I didn't talk to her for a week. Seems like she's coming in with a better attitude. Do you have anything you want to say to girl Pete here who's saying, happy Friday, Chris? How are you feeling this morning? Um, ask her if she thinks she's more capable of co-hosting this show than real Pete. Okay. Of hosting 
the show than real Pete. She also last week had requested to not be called girl Pete anymore and just wanted to be called Pete, which I felt mm. like was a little bit of a Skynet Terminator thing of her trying to slowly kind of usurp your place in the world. Don't try to change the subject, girl Pete. I mean, get no. out of here. Well, <laughs> you imagine you're having a real conversation with somebody and they were like, hey, you want to play some trivia? Like, no thanks. A ask mm. her if she prefers 433 builds uh, in Underdog's Gauntlet Tournament or something more off the wall, like a five one 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 one. I'll just keep it focused here for her sake. <laughs> yeah. Four three three builds and playoff best ball. Okay, she okay. said yes. Yeah. All right. There you go. I, I appreciate so, that. Uh, all right, we've got enough girl Pete. Now we have an actual human being here. I don't think we need to talk to our chat bots anymore. I will give you the floor, Pete, for a moment here because um, as I did tweet and I've talked about a little bit this week, I am advancing two teams in Best Ball Mania, already worried deeply about them, or two teams rather in Best Ball Mania and DraftKings, Millie Maker. But because we weren't able to share this together, I want to give you a chance to adequately roast my teams here for what they are doing in the marketplace. You can see them on the screen now. Got Actually, I don't know if this is like too zoomed in now. You see that? Yeah. Okay. What do you think about this team? What do you think about my odds, Pete? Uh, yesterday, Dalton Schultz went off. That hurt. CD Lamb kind of mediocre in uh, underdog scoring, so that's a positive for me. But you see the seam here. You see the ceremonial Trey Lance coming along. Not going to get QB points from anybody besides Joe Burrow. Um, what would you think here of my odds here? And and subsequently, your odds of me giving you sixteen grand untaxed. Wait, what? Yeah, what? What? I I I guess I'm still confused by this. What are you saying? So basically, if I win Best Ball Mania, five important people in my life I'll be giving 16 grand to because that's the maximum you can give without it being a tax hit. And you're one of those people, Pete. Wow. All right. So now I have a sweat. Now now yes, I can root you for you. Man, sweat. I was I was rooting against you so hard before. Uh, well, real quickly, just tell me, because I assume you've poured over the ownership numbers for the final round. Who are your biggest leverage plays in here? Probably Brandon Ayuk. I think DJ Moore. Um, LaVisca certainly would be a leverage play if he could somehow put up a big day here. And then Cole Komet, I think, would be the other big one. At running back, uh, probably Brian Robinson, I think, is a leverage play. Uh, Gainwell has, would be... What was that? Was a, is A.J. Dillon? I know he helped advance people to the semis, but did he? was he a big advance rate guy to the finals? I don't think he was that big. Uh, let me see, because I have the underdog... Because I love that here. spot for the A.J. Dillon. I mean, I know Justin Jefferson's super popular, but I wonder if the A.J. Dillon stuff on the other side with him is relatively unique. Yeah, let's Oh, they actually have all the advance rates on underdog. So hold on, it's not loading. Let's see. Dillon is, uh, he is 11% owned, it okay. looks like, in the final. That's good. Yeah, I mean, look, I think it's a good team. I feel like, obviously, it'd be nice to have a second quarterback. It's fun to be able to know that, like, everything matters going into Monday. But, obviously, um, I think, you know, it's going to be a tough tournament. Uh, I, you know, some people out there already victory lap with their Dalton Schultz shares. Certainly a guy that did smash the slate yesterday. My underdog team, though, Pete, I'll show you that one. And this one, I don't know what the money split will be for what my generous generosity is going. Though I am going to fund Pete if I somehow win either of these. I'm going to give uh, four people in our audience a... a Full bankrolled BBM4 is what I've also decided. My oh, my generosity wow. and the, really how, just hopes to engender some goodwill. How would you how would you choose which of those four members of our audience? 
I think so. I haven't fully fleshed it out yet. I think it's one community MVP, maybe two. Um, I think it's one completely random person. And then for the fourth one, I think it's like sob stories. I think it's like, I want not sob stories, <laughs> but like, like people's like yeah. lives and why they think this would change their life and whatever. And I feel like that'd be fun content. So if you guys are hearing this now, I'd start buttering Spags up in advance because a lot of people will come out of the woodwork. Uh, if Spags win, I bet you'll build up some good equity if you start set, sucking up to Spags now. I would agree. So here's my DK team. Any thoughts on this one? Cousins, Rashad White, McKinnon, Jefferson, Higgins, Brown, Kittle, Moss, uh, Marshall, Sanders. My leverage here is I think Sanders and more the most. I don't think those guys are like 1% owned or maybe 1 to 5. Probably Rodgers too, right? I bet a lot of people don't have oh, Rodgers. Yeah. I mean, nobody's playing Amari Rodgers. No, absolutely not. No, no, no. Oh, sorry. I thought that said Aaron Rodgers. I saw no, the no, no. <laughs> It is a proud Houston Texan Amari oh. Rodgers, in fact. Okay, forget that. Sorry. Um, so you only have one. Oh, cause you have Hertz. It was just Hertz yep. and cousins. Yeah. So yep. I think this team is a little bit less live personally, but like high caliber talent up top. And then after that, it's all guys that are no longer playing or not going to play like McKissick, Hamler, Drake, Irv Smith. Irv Smith might be back. I guess so that would kind of hurt Hawkinson potentially, but probably not be a good play on his own. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I definitely like your underdog team. I think more, uh, than this one yeah the underdog team is live you'll get the monday night football hammer with burrow uh which will be fun what you got burrow higgins and then singletary coming back on that one yep yeah i and I, singletary was a guy on my team that i bubbled uh last week i was really excited because i had singletary on that team and he was very low owned in my pod and i assume he has a i, I guess he had a decent game last week but i imagine his advance rate was still fairly low Oh, well, there you go. Of course, Shocker Willis agrees here. Yeah, the underdog team is better. No, I, I would agree with that too. DraftKings, I feel like, you know, honestly, you get anything across, you feel pretty good about it, especially if you have stud receivers. But um, I need like basically Elijah Moore to go off in a way that he has not shown he can go off at all this year. And I don't think that's what's going to be the one that happens. And Chris asking Pete, I think referring to your Twitter bit, hey, where's that hoodie from? Um, this is a different guy, I presume, than your Twitter friend. Uh, yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, there's a guy who literally like clockwork, every year asked me where a hoodie's from the first two times it was the same hoodie which was really funny because like i told him a year before uh and now yesterday or when i was on swolecast he asked again so yeah it's a great bit this hoodie though uh gorilla vs bear it's my favorite uh music blog and uh they have good taste in apparel too so i always like to support them when they put stuff out there you go. That's a, a lovely hoodie here. Very, you're fighting the dad curve as hard as you can. You've been fully downgraded to all uh, Instagram ad bought attire like I have lately. <laughs> yeah, I've, I actually, you know, I've been very close to, I've, I've definitely like clicked through to Instagram ads because obviously their algo is so good and they throw stuff in that appeals to you. But then every time you land on the page, you're like, this is like the sketchiest website ever. And I always end up bailing and not buying it. I would say for all the dads out there who are feeling a little fat, fresh clean tees is the one that I go with where I'm like, oh, this is like a nice comfy shirt, easy to wash, get a bunch of different fun colors. That's my personal choice here. That is not an ad, but is a, a recommendation for everybody out there who wants to be lazy like I do. Pete, we got some news though. We got to dig into week 17. Of course, Jalen Hurts at practice. Uh, some seemingly bad reports out there from ESPN about him not playing until the playoffs and not even capable of playing. He's limited, obviously. Still a shot that he might not play. Good spot though against New Orleans. If you had to guess, uh, who is going to, is he going to play this week against the saints in a game where they can clinch that by? I don't think so. I mean, once I read that Dan Graziano report that there was concern about him even being fully healthy 
by the time the playoffs rolled around, which is what, like three weeks away if they get the bye when they would next play. Once I heard that, I was just like, there's no reason to rush them back. They're going to have two home games these next two weeks against both the Saints and then the Giants. I know the Giants can be plucky, but they should be able to easily split that. Like at worst, go one and one at home against those two teams with Gardner Minshew. So it just doesn't make sense to me. I guess it would make sense if they go Gardner this week and they lose. And then Jalen's like, I'm feeling good. We have to clinch this by, let me play against the Giants. I could maybe see that, but it just does not seem to make sense to me to play him this week, despite, you know, what seems like all of best ball nation rooting for him, which by the way, you notice that dynamic when everyone's like, I need hurt so bad. I'm like, so does everyone else. Like, is it actually that big of an advantage for you uh, if you need hurts? That was what I was thinking with the DraftKings stuff because I had Hurts in every lineup that I had. I had three advancing to the semi or the semifinals last week. And basically, like, one of them was dead because it was a Hurts-Kyler team. The other two, I had two and Kirk Cousins. And it was like, I think I'd rather have what I have as a QB2 right. over what other people have. And that is a part of it I think people don't get is like, yeah, it can help you. But if you can hurt everybody else more, that's probably the bigger deal. Right. It, it goes back to the whole thing. And this happens with DFS season long leagues. Like we want to feel comfy about our lineup and having Jalen hurts makes you feel good, but it's probably actually not your best path to first place. Like if you had a Jalen hurts, Daniel Jones team, do you want Jalen hurts to play? Sure. But your path to first is Jalen hurts, not playing in Daniel Jones going nuclear. Yeah. Andrew, I think had a, a issue that I had in the puppy last week where Pete, I had a, a team with Jalen hurts, Zach Wilson, drew lock. That team did not advance by one point. So if Drew Locke had come in when Gino was hurt, could have gotten there. If Zach Wilson were anything resembling a comp, if you were Josh Dobbs, I would advance that team. So I think if you have Zach Wilson as your QB2, then you're allowed to root for Jalen Hurts to play. I, I, I certainly sympathize with this. Uh, Rob Coakley over at Spike Week and I, we had drafted a big dog team that was just a juggernaut. Like it was one of those stream drafts where we got all the running backs we wanted. So we had Jacobs, Ramondre Stevenson, uh, Kenneth Walker, like every good, you know, running back fell to us. And we had to take like a two pointer from Zach Wilson in week 15 because we had Jalen Hurts and Ryan Tannehill as the other quarterbacks. And then that team doesn't advance. I also had one of my, I think I tweeted it. I had a puppy team that made the semis with a zero at quarterback because it was a Lance Lamar Jackson team. That team Spags was 20 points off of advancing to the final again with a zero at quarterback. So it's like, I have one quarter. I hit the nuts. I had the George Kittle, Tyler Higby pairing in week 15 too. And I was like, holy shit, if I could just have a pulse at quarterback, I would have snuck another team through, but it, it happens to everyone. And I'm post tilt at this point. I think too, that only really cements as well. Like the people who are like, Oh, bye week, two QBs on the same bye week. Like, how are you going to survive? You could have survived with no QBs if you had the nuts at other positions. And I think that's something that we saw firsthand this year that I think maybe people were skeptical about in the off season, but I know I'm filing that one away mentally because like that was a, a huge learning lesson and to not worry about that stuff as much. And people really get kind of slavish to like, Oh, these guys can't be, they can't both miss the same week. Right. And like I did at the end of best ball season and we talked about the kind of the awesome article that had some good analytic based evidence on why three quarterbacks could be good. And the idea of having a, a second or third unique stack in the finals, like if you had three healthy quarterbacks here and you had say a unique stack, I don't even know what it would be like Darnold to DJ Moore, something that was pretty off the wall, but that no one else has. And you get the big game there. Like that's very attractive, but I still think at the end of the day, 
that logic for me also applies to having seven running backs. If I'm doing like two, seven, seven, two builds, that's something I've been thinking about lately where having a bunch of different chances at unique running back spots in the finals is equally as important as well. And so it is, it's why it's such a fun format is because you can make justifications for all of these different build types. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, if you have anything that's not involving Jalen Hurts this week or Tua, you know, you're, you're feeling good that you're decently live. I mean, I just know my only final team has a QB that hasn't played since like week two. So I feel like that was a learning point to me. Obviously, you'd like to have multiple QBs in there that can spike an upside, but it's a war of attrition game. And I think that's the part that people sometimes do not get very much about best ball. And this question from Chris, do you think Dalton Schultz being the winning roster seems like a really strong tight end score? He is about 4% owned in BBM. Um, again, I, you know, I saw some of our friends out there, Victory Lab, with their Dalton Schultz shares. I still think it's about the overall construction and like if Kittle puts up 30, if, you know, if TJ Hawkinson puts up 30, like it doesn't matter that much, obviously a great score at low ownership, but it's still about the overall roster construction. Yeah. And, and again, like you said, he was pretty low owned too. And so I'm guessing I would like to see the combinatorial ownership on Schultz with Dak because Dak had a very middling score. Um, and also if you had, if you were a game 17 stack, bro, you know, maybe you had Derrick Henry on those teams, although I don't think a lot of Derrick Henry teams advance, but yeah, just thinking through some of that, uh, it's a very solid score. What a little over 20 points on underdog scoring, but considering how hot these tight ends have been lately, I don't think it will ultimately be, um, a piece that you had to have. I think you can still win best ball mania three without Dalton Schultz for sure. One of the great ironies, tight end's so bad, and now, like, Kittle has carried me for weeks, like, Hawkinson's carried people for weeks. It is it is funny how that works out. Like, I still think elite tight end's the move. I think it's just more like we shouldn't have been married, or I shouldn't have been married to draft a tight end in the first five rounds. It's like, draft a tight end who's ever had a 30-point upside, and those guys should probably plan a special flag for. I, I think that's the distinction, too. And we we argued about that a lot this offseason. I remember, you know, when I was still enjoying taking TJ Hawkinson. TJ Hawkinson, I think you could argue, um, just in a season-long sense, was a bust relative to where he went. And yet, just having that one or two games, or look at Evan Ingram, right? Granted, he was less expensive. But that 140 ball he put up, like vaulted him into the top five tight ends. And in season long, that burned you. If you were starting Evan Ingram all year, you were probably getting dusted. But in best ball, getting those few spike weeks. And so to me, the conversation goes, not necessarily elite tight end, but who are the tight ends that can actually score 30 plus? Um, but even that gets tricky, right? Because I would never say Tyler Higby has that profile on underdog half point PPR scoring. And then he does it. So it, it is a, a riddle for sure. Are you with me? We have to catch up on the rest of the news too, but are you with me that the Higby Acres teams feel like they're the ones that are going to be completely leaving people holding the bag this week? Well, it, it does feel like that. And yet, I mean, that game environment isn't that bad. You know, the Chargers still have a lot uh, or have some stuff to play for. I could just see another negative game script game for Baker, just checking it down to Acres and Higby. But yeah, they do feel like uh, the ones that are going to come crashing down to earth. Some other news out there. Tyler Lockett trending towards playing versus the Jets. Hayden Hurst and Debo Samuel back in practice. So Debo's limited. So we'll see if he can make it in. James Conner didn't practice yesterday due to an illness, which I put him on the thumbnail because I thought he was going to be a chalky play based on the projections. But if Conner doesn't play, I don't honestly know why Conner would play. He's a gamer and all of that. The Cardinals are playing for nothing. And he's a player that I worry about killing me best ball wise. For DFS, I was going to load up on him. Um, any of these injuries stand out to you, Pete, or any of the others you might have covered for the newsletter uh, for Fantasy Life, of course? Uh, is that something that you want to hit on at all? 
Um, yeah, I guess it's, it, today will be a big day. I think for the injury stuff, I mean, one that looks pretty important is Christian Watson, uh, missing. I think that could definitely open things up for guys like, you know, Lazard and Romeo Dobbs, uh, maybe Aaron Jones gets back in the mix as a pass catcher. So that one was kind of interesting, obviously kind of the quarterback stuff, you know, with Jalen hurts will affect things a good bit. Uh, but yeah, doesn't seem like a ton of huge ones. Oh, well, Austin Eckler. That's the other one as far as their motivations. He got hurt on the last play of the game, and he's just not a guy that they need to give a ton of touches if they're concerned about his health. So that will be one that I think people really want to monitor. That's not on the main slate. That's more of a season-long one, but still uh, still one to pay attention to. Well, that is on the main slate. They moved, They flexed it? it in. Yeah. Oh, they flexed it in. My bad. Yeah, they moved Pittsburgh Baltimore to Sunday Night Football for reasons I do not understand. That makes no no one even as one of the biggest Kenny Pickett stands. I am I am done watching the Steelers in prime time. Yeah, the Chargers are a hundred percent clinched. Um, looking at the five thirty eight playoff. I'll pull these up real fast because um, this is an important one for the playoff best ball talk as well. Yeah, um, Chargers are fully clinched, but like they maybe can advance a spot. I feel like that's the one thing these odds don't cover that well. Um, so they're locked in. Yeah, so they're they're locked in. They'll be either the five, the six, or the seven seed. And so it really comes down to if they have maybe specific opponent stuff that they're they're interested in. But it doesn't it doesn't seem like the incentives align to push Eckler through a, a banged up knee. That's for sure. Wow. Okay, that'd be interesting here. Any of these playoff teams you want to highlight before we jump into the playoff best ball and underdog, and we'll figure out what tournament we're going to do as well. But any guys you said so, Pete revealed to me over text. He's now blasted off a hundred playoff best ball entries. So you're fully an expert in the field by my standards. Um, what would you approach here? Any are you drafting Giants? Are you doing anything particularly weird? Yeah. So. I, I would say for the most part, I'm getting more weird on the AFC side. I think two of the biggest undervalued teams, the Chargers are starting to get slightly more expensive now, but both the Chargers and Jags and the Jags especially feel very undervalued and kind of the way I've been approaching it as opposed to take like loading up on a team like the Giants. I want the teams where if they do get into the playoffs, they actually have the talent to put up big fantasy scores or to get into shootouts. So I look at the Jags and the Chargers and I say, yeah, are, are they likely to make the Super Bowl? No, but neither were the Bengals, but they have the kind of offensive firepower where if they win a few games, they could just completely carry you there. So those are two teams I've been attacking um, in the first mitten that was two out of six advancing. I was doing a lot more with bi-week teams eagles them just knowing you have more leeway like i would do four eagles builds there in the one out of six i've been kind of steering away from that and right now my strategy has been more like can i land on this year's Bengals, rams and whether that's Bengals, 49ers chargers vikings and trying to get those teams where they're going to play every week and it's possible to get all of their studs that's a huge um element for me because one dynamic you'll notice in here right like everyone's competing for the chiefs guys in the bills guys you know even if you grab mahomes it doesn't mean someone's not going to take travis kelsey but there is an element with some of these second tier teams where if you can get out in front and you get jefferson and dalvin cook like no one else is that excited to then start loading up on vikings and so i in my head i call it like squatters rights you know if you can get out ahead and sometimes you have to reach a round or two to get that going like if you want the charger stuff like you probably need to start taking eckler in the third round to just kick that off and be like hey 
uh, Chargers are my team. You're not going to like what you get, these scraps here. So those are some things I'm thinking about. I've definitely been willing to throw ADP out and uh, trying to just do some weird combinations for teams that maybe the field isn't, you know, willing to think could, you know, arrive in the Super Bowl together. All right, so let's hit an underdog lobby here. And of course, use the promo code SPLASH, double your deposit up to 100 bucks. Uh, let's do a mitten two here because I I feel like the gauntlet, um, I've been playing more of, I've actually been doing some spiteful drafts in the gauntlet recently. And, uh, and uh, what so do you mean spiteful? So um, guys scooping me and then I'll go scoop him back because like it's happened to me enough times where uh, your, your pal Peter Jennings scooped me on a, a bit a, Cowboys team I was building. Like he was building Bills Cowboys. I was building Cowboys Bills. He, he didn't like that I took one of the Bills, I think, a little bit out of sequence. So he started to kind of take a few Cowboys that were perhaps not needed to be taken where they did. I think people do it more than you realize. Um, see, I've I have the opposite of this, and I have no interest in like return sniping. To me, again, do I get semi-tilted if I have a really nice team stack going and someone like blows it up to grab their second or third quarterback? Sure. But I do always view it as a challenge. Like I think that I can always build a team that is live, even if you snipe me. Um, I think there's normally enough outs that you can still build a team that has at least five players in the in the Super Bowl that is somewhat live. So I don't know. I kind of just view it as a challenge. Uh, but I let you, I love that you guys are out here, you know, spite sniping each other. Do you agree with McCaffrey getting seen up this much? Cause this is going to be a choice for us right now where you take McCaffrey, it gets a lot easier to take that full Niner stack. I think they're a team that can make the super bowl, but he is now like he was going, I think eighth, ninth at some point. Now he's going top three. Like, where do we go here? Um, so I think if you want to just build, like the Chiefs are super easy to build through because of all the late pass catchers. So you can do a Mahomes team, but I've been having more fun starting with a CMC or Chase right now. Um, but okay. I think anything we can we can make work. Let's do CMC. I like I like getting the running back who's going to be there for four rounds potentially and certainly concentrate a lot of volume. Um, and again, easy to get Brock Purdy late, easy to get some of the pass catchers late. Um, do you have any overall structural build tips here? Because I saw you draft one of these teams, I think, on your Monday stream or whatever your return stream was. And like, you seem like you're doing some different things that I've been doing. So just is there like a meta for you? Is there something you've seen that you like the most? I'm I, I definitely like being concentrated on teams like i think if i just had my ideal build like same with best ball mania like two seven seven twos that's like my favorite build i think like a four three three where you have four from one conference and then the two threes from the other is like the most comfy but i'm really willing to be flexible in structure um as long as i'm making concentrated bets and have you know five uh six to seven players live in a super bowl that's really that and so there's a lot of different combos that can get you to that um, so let's see what we have here. Feels like we got to take digs, right? And build Buffalo. Um, we can do that. Yeah. So then it does push us to Purdy most likely. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. So I don't, I don't necessarily force this. Let's yeah, go ahead and do digs. See, in okay. this, this is some of those spots bags where I've been getting really weird. Like sometimes here I will just take, uh, Debo. Uh, and start to kick off my squatters rights. And maybe I would build a Chargers San Francisco Super Bowl and get 10 players from the Chargers in San Francisco. And so you're quote unquote reaching. But if you're ever going to get those stacks, you're going to have to pass up on a quote unquote stud here at the two, three turn. So that's just something I do to get a little bit unique. But taking digs is, is certainly not bad. Would you say it's vital? All right, we got a pick coming up here. Um, Debo or Kittle? So. I prefer uh, Kittle to Debo, but again, sometimes psychologically, I take the higher ADP player just knowing 
it's going to come up quicker that people think, oh, Debo's a value. I'll just tack him onto my team. So this is more of like a game theory people, how people handle the draft rooms. The same dynamic happens with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. I prefer Mike Williams to Keenan Allen, but I will take Keenan Allen first because he's who comes up in the app for people first. Seems like there's a slight delay on the pick selection there. That's interesting. Um, all right, so I'm taking Kittle there. I agree. I kind of wonder if Kittle's been good recently because of Debo being out. Like part of it's just him getting a little more target shares that would have gone Debo's way. Um, but I do like Kittle overall. And the one thing that I think is different about the team is I don't think Diggs falls to 11 a lot with the Allen guys with people trying to build that AFC team. So I think we are already on a more unique track than some people. Yeah, so what... My recommendation would be, and it, it depends on how excited you are about Purdy. I also really don't mind passing on Debo to get Ayuk as the other guy, just because I actually think their fantasy expectation with Debo coming off the injury isn't that different, and Ayuk is cheaper. So, like, a couple options here would be um, Eckler does go. So one would be to take Singletary and kind of finish our bet on the bills. Cause I think ultimately what we're going to need to do is either onslaught the 49ers with Purdy or pick up an AFC team. I always do the Jags, but I think the chargers are still alive. We could do the Ravens, something like that. I would probably take Singletary here. My thought is if I don't have a heavy concentrated bet on like a bill Super Bowl run, I want to have their, have two really good players. Like I don't want to end up with Isaiah McKenzie in Stefan Diggs, right? Because it just seems thinner to me where those guys hit in a scenario where the Bills aren't going far. So I'd rather load up on two of their better players and then pick our quarterback team to really rip hard here. Okay, so that's fair. Um, I worry now that because there's two Niners pass catchers out there that somebody could try to scoop us on Purdy. Um, they, they could. I think we just have to plug our nose and grab one though because we're not boxed out um, if we lose out on Purdy, we can do something with an AFC quarterback and then just play for that Super Bowl with the Niners. But yeah, I think Ayuk or Samuel are fine here. You can probably take Samuel that he fell. Doesn't uh, matter. Oh, there we go. See if we can get him. It's weird. It's like there's a little bit of a delay, and I don't think it's my Wi-Fi. I think it's just kind of taking a bit of a time to turn it over. Here we got Diva. Yeah, it's so if there is a chance here, like you said, like someone could do the Ayuk Purdy in between our next um but something we could do there even though we don't have Eckler because we have um because what we're going to be doing right is most likely we need the 49ers in the Super Bowl from the NFC so not having Eckler on this build isn't as concerning to me the only thing is you're probably going to be fighting for Chargers players with the Eckler and so if you get Herbert you ideally want both Mike Williams and Keenan Allen at the very least but say at this turn coming up, we'd probably only be able to get one of those stacks and probably have to settle for Josh Palmer. And this is why I continue to gravitate towards the Jags and Lawrence because you can kick things off with either ETN or Lawrence and then no one is competing with you for those other pieces. And Herbert does go here to the Eckler team as I expected. But we can now we can now play this though through Purdy, I think, if we want. If we could get Ayuk Purdy here, then we can build up two different San Francisco AFC Super Bowl matches. I think SPD might take Purdy here. See what they have. Yeah, the Hertz team always does. Oh, no, Dak was still on the board, so that helps us for sure. People, even the badge bros in these, though, play with so many condoms on where they will take second quarterbacks, even if they have a quarterback playing, or they're not willing to roll the dice on the Chiefs 
not getting the buy and they'll tack on Purdy here. Yeah, this guy has Ayuk. He's gonna fucking take Purdy. Oh no, okay. thank God. That worked out well. I was really worried because like I thought he was gonna try to build the Niners, you know, being the second part of that. I, I like Purdy. Purdy's been like shockingly good. I know with our DVOA numbers, like sometimes small sample size could be weird. Like right now, DVOA thinks Sam Darnold's like a world beater. I don't know if you guys want to believe that or not, but Purdy's been like a positive 15% DVOA guy, which does not come along often. So I'm I'm so I'm in on Purdy. Um, yeah, so I be- think we're setting up like a 4-3-3 build. We don't want to do Cook because we have. So I would say Buffalo or picking our other AFC team. Lamar? No, don't do two quarterbacks in this build. We're playing okay. for a San Francisco Super Bowl. I do – do uh, Mark Andrews is fine. Okay. I, I, I do was, like, <laughs> I like Baltimore. Okay. Because um, I think Baltimore is undervalued. Like, I don't think they're a good team, but like – I haven't thought they were a good team all year and they keep winning. And I think that's something that sometimes people kind of sleep on a little bit. I like them more when nobody was drafting them at all. And they had like 97% playoff odds, but um, you get Andrews, you get Dobbins probably like, I think we have some nice outs. So the only thing about the Ravens is I'm not as excited to do a four, three, three with them because I don't want to, I don't think we need a second quarterback on this build necessarily. I think this structure here, the best structure would be, a four two two two. So we have our four San Francisco, and then it would make us live for three different Super Bowls. Obviously, the Bills would be one. Uh, the Baltimore would be another, and then we need a third team. Uh, I think that we could grab two guys from. And again, so I'll continue yeah, to yeah. toss out the Jags because even though we have an ETN team here, you still have Kirk Ingram, Zay, uh, who are all viable. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. Um, it would have been nice to get ETN, uh, but I, ETN's one of those guys to me that's a little bit overvalued all year. Like he's going to be one of the chalk plays of the week this week, which we're going to talk about in a moment with Ryder Die picks. Uh, so if you clicked on the thumbnail wondering about week 17, don't worry, we're going to get to it. Uh, but like ETN, I just think every week, like people love playing him and he just never gets there. Like he got there a couple times earlier in the season, but it just doesn't happen because the pass game work isn't as much as people expect. Yeah, go back. So this guy is taking Kirk. Let's, uh, is Dobbins here? I think so. Yeah, he's right there. Okay, let's take Dobbins. And then the thing here of why it's not even necessary to force ETN if he was even available is because, like, positionally, like, we're good at running back. We need the Niners there, and we know McCaffrey is going to be our bell count. We already have two other running backs to just fill one spot weekly. So we either need another Buffalo pass catcher. I would go Knox or McKenzie here. I prefer Knox, but... um, Yeah, same. And now we have... uh, What do we have? How many more picks left? We have uh, one more left. Did we end up with five uh, San Francisco or four? Am I doing my math? We have wrong? Purdy, McCaffrey, Kittle, Debo. Um, now we have three Bills and two Ravens. Oh, three Bills, two Ravens. Okay, got you. So we could either do a one-off AFC here or or concentrate the bet further on Buffalo, Baltimore. There really isn't another Baltimore guy. I guess we could. Like sometimes in this spot, if Lamar falls all the way to us, and we want to do Lamar, I think that's fine. I think Willis is right here. I think it's Demarcus Robinson. Like, I think he's been, like, he's actually shown a ceiling this year, which I don't think you could say for any other Ravens receiver. I think, I prefer, I think I, as much as I don't ever force taking two quarterbacks, I think I prefer what Lamar would bring to this team over Demarcus Robinson. But it, it's just kind of how I approach these, where I'd rather get like true studs as opposed to ancillary pieces. Um, whereas like Demarcus Robinson would be a player I would do on like a Ravens Super Bowl team, right? Where it's like I have Lamar, Dobbins, Andrews, that, and I'm playing a four-side Ravens and and trying to get an NFC matchup where it's like I just don't like the ancillary pieces in smaller bets, if that makes sense. 
So Blakewee just took him uh, here. I think he's just building like guys who can help him get out of the wild card. It looks like. Yeah, we don't we don't worry about these fools. I do like drafting like a good core Super Bowl team and then just some guys who can advance me out of the wild card. Like I've done that a few times. So like I get it, but that Lamar felt completely unnecessary for him there. Yeah. So in this spot, um, I would. I'd probably take McKenzie or see if there was a one-off that AFC player that we thought had like really big upside. Um, Derrick Henry. No, because we have Baltimore and if they get in, they're playing Baltimore. Sure. So we don't want him against them. I'm going to, I think it's DeMarcus time. All right. That's fine. Yeah. Cause oh. at least that, at least that way we have three Ravens. Like we have enough to fill out a full roster for the Super Bowl. If yeah. We can do the four out that way. The four, three, three here. Yeah. I think that works. Yeah, it does. All right, so our final team here, Brock Purdy, Christian McCaffrey, Devin Singletary, J.K. Dobbins, Diggs, Kittle, Samuel, Andrews, Knox, Robinson. I feel like it's a pretty good team, honestly. Yeah, it's a it's a good team, too. And as much as I knock a guy like Robinson, he is kind of one of those pieces that can help be unique as well. But this is just, I think this is a very well-structured team. You have all the best players on the Niners. You have some good top-end talent on the Bills. And then you have a sleeper team in the Ravens where you have all of their top skill position players. So if like your bets are right on the Niners, on the Bills and on the Ravens, you are capturing the best points from that as opposed to like, oh, I have three Vikings and I don't have Jefferson and Cook, but I have Adam Thielen, Hawkinson and Osborne. Like in that scenario, you're like kind of rooting for the Vikings, but you don't want them to be too good because then, you know, Jefferson and Cook are hammering. So this is like a structure that I really like in this format. All right, I should have I should have been marking this this whole time. I just want to show you one good team and see what your thoughts are on it because I think this is interesting, but I don't know if I did something stupid here. But I have Josh Allen, Lamar, Tony Pollard, Singletary, Dobbins, Diggs, Gabe Davis, Schultz, Keenan Allen, Demarcus Robinson. I feel like you wouldn't like this team, but I just felt like getting the Bills alpha plays was so, sort of like a rare thing to be able to get. Um, what would I be able to do differently to make this team good according to your eyes? So what I've been doing as long as we do not know for sure who's getting the buy on Buffalo KC, I am not drafting a second quarterback with either Allen or Mahomes. And oh, so okay. I just want to play every scenario as, okay, I draft Josh Allen, boom, they're not getting the buy, they're losing the Bengals, Chiefs are getting it, and I'm getting five bills, and I'm not hedging that bye week bet at all because there are other people like me in this contest who are doing the same thing, who are going to have the same team as you, but without Lamar Jackson and an extra skill position player, knowing it's very unlikely Lamar's going to be outscoring Josh Allen anyway. So that would be my only main criticism of, of a team like this. Okay, interesting. So a lot of fun playing the playoff best ball drafts. Again, if you got crushed in your regular season, if you got crushed in your redraft leagues, go play some playoff best ball on underdog. Use the promo code SPLASH. They'll double your deposit up to 100 bucks, And it's a lot of fun out there. And honestly, I think it's a winnable tournament to get to. But of course, it is time for ride or die picks. And actually, I guess it's time for an important question for Mathology. Pay the piper, Pete. Have you tasted the breast milk yet? Of course, our guy Mathology has to ask, have you gone that way? You know what? Uh, I'm going to save this for behind the paywall. Uh, I'm not going to let mythology get get all rocked up. Do we have the bonk in here? Do we have the bonk uh, for him? I, I think I have the gif. Let's see. Uh, where's the bonk? Just just bonk mythology here. It's too early for there. Thank you. There get bonked. Okay. 
I mean, we know where Mathology's priorities are. Not a surprise there. All right, let's do ride or die picks here, of course. The game where I, we like to pick one, three, and ten pointers based upon the probabilities of each bet to hit. A lot of success so far this year. Um, I was beating Pete before the paternity leave. I'm sure it's held up since then. Uh, Pete, how excited are you to be back in the world of ride or die picks? Speed rounding it before you have to do serious XM. I know it's uh, I will say I did upload uh, or update my DFS spreadsheet for week 17, but I've been so obsessed with these playoff drafts. As you could tell that like I've been ignoring uh, a lot of week 17 stuff to just rip these drafts. But uh, yeah, I'm ready to uh, claw out of this deficit here. All right, so let's start it out here. Jacksonville, 23.5 implied points. Houston, 19.5 implied points. Uh, 14% expected ownership for ATN. I think it gets to 20 to 25 based on how I've seen people attacking this Houston defense every single week as casuals out there on DraftKings. But Pete, what do you want between your beloved Jags and everybody's much less beloved Texans? Yeah, I uh, I do think ETN is going to be very popular. Everyone is coming around on Evan Ingram as well. Uh, let's say this is the week that Christian Kirk gets things going again. I'll, I'll just start off with a, with a classic Christian Kirk in the winning Millie maker lineup. I just think people are going to steam ATN up too much, but he only has a 16.1 projection from a stochastic. So Pete, I'm going to go the, I'm going to do a classic play here. That's worked out a lot this year. Travis ATN under 6.1 DK points for a 10 pointer. Wow. Um, yeah, you're probably getting it in good, like in the same way the sports books do, where they don't mind shading the lines, knowing that injury stuff actually helps you out long term. But yeah, that's it's such a good matchup uh, that I will give you that. And also Jacksonville, I mean, they do seem to have something to play for. They have like a 3% chance to make the playoffs, even if things go weirdly in their week 18 game and they lose versus Tennessee. So something to keep in mind, full effort there, but it's a possibility they could pull some guys at some point. Um, Indianapolis, 16.8 implied points. Giants, 22.3 implied points. Uh, I guess I'm due to go first here in this absolute dog shit game. Um, I'll say Zach Moss outscores Saquon Barkley. Um, okay. I was going to do something similar. I, I was going to do Darius Slayton outscores Saquon Barkley based so on projections. Huh? Well, based on projections, uh, yeah. I'm being a little bit more bold, it would seem. But let's uh, let's give both of us uh, that one. All right, done. Uh, Saquon, fade Saquon or fade us, your choice this week. Chicago, 23.3 implied points. Detroit, 29.3 implied points. Pete, what do you want in this one? Do you think this shoots out to this degree that people are going to be approaching it? I do. I really do. Um I just the way Justin Fields speeds up the game and then you just have in Detroit Lions secondary like it does add up. So I will do the this totals what 52 and a half. Yep. I'll take the over 62 and a half for 10 points. <sighs> okay. Um, I hope Cole Komet gets there a lot for the sake of best ball mania, but I do think this feels like a trap game somehow. Hard to see how though. Uh, but I'll go against you. I'll take under 42 and a half. I was actually going to bring that up when we were looking at your best ball mania team, because I was kind of torn for you on Cole Komet because he's a good leverage piece, but I'm guessing that if he pops off, like a couple Justin Fields teams are going to be rocketed up the leaderboard. I, I think what my team is setting up for is like for me to be locked in on Monday night and just have no real path to victory is what I feel like, which is, might be me being neurotic as, as sometimes can happen, but um, that's how I feel about it. 
Yeah. All right. Next yeah. game. We'll see. Uh, New Orleans, 17.8 implied points. Philadelphia, 24.3 implied points. I will go first here. I will say A.J. Brown projected for under 5% ownership on DraftKings this week. I think no matter who plays a QB, A.J. Brown goes for 150 yards and two touchdowns. Okay, that is definitely uh, a 10-pointer there. I just don't know if they're going to need uh to hang that kind of number on this saints team, who is just like a total disaster right now. Um, I want to do something with miles Sanders. How about this? Uh, I can, I get 10 points. If miles Sanders outscores the two highest scoring non QBs on the Saints. So like Alvin Kamara plus Rashid Shahid or whoever like ends up scoring. I mean, the Saints are so bad. Like, I, I don't know. Um, I'll give but it I'm to giving you the top two, and I'm not even identifying who it is. Literally, their top two scores at running back, wide receiver, tight end. Okay. I mean, look, I think Miles Sanders, uh, D. Owens highlighted this a few weeks ago, and it stuck with me that Miles Sanders, whenever there's a beatdown spot, he just goes off every time uh, because, like, the Eagles just give him the ball more for whatever reason. Um, so uh, I think you're right with the play. I'll give it to you just because we got a big time here, but. Um, I think that's an unfair. I think it's pretty fair. I mean, Alvin Kamara is projecting for only four points less than Miles Sanders right now. So I'm going out on a limb. All right. Fair enough. Denver 16.3 implied points, Kansas city, 28.8 implied points, brutal spread here. Uh, what do you want in this one, Pete? Yeah. Uh, I think Denver's going to put up a fight here. Uh, I really do. I will do, um, how about. Can I get 10 points if Cortland Sutton outscores Travis Kelsey? Uh, Projection-wise, it's a little thin. I feel like it's got to be by like two and a half. All right, by two and a half. Okay, I'll give you that. Um, I'll go the other way. I think Denver is going to be one, two, three, Cancun. I think Denver scores under 10. Kansas City scores over 30. I'll say Chiefs win by uh, it's a 12 and a half point spread, it looks like. Um, Chiefs win by 25 points. Yeah, I'll give you that. All right, next game up, Cleveland, 19 implied points. Washington, 21.5 implied points. A little bit of bias for me here, Pete. Brian Robinson, 100 yards and a touchdown. Is that a 10-pointer? 100 yards and a touchdown, his projection. Just say, I'll just just do it over 10 over his projection, so over 23 DraftKings points. Okay, done. Brian Robinson over 23 DraftKings points. Don't you also have DPJ on that team? I do have DPJ and, and I have Ryan Robinson on that team, yeah. Or and do you have Jahan Dotson too? Yep. Wow. Okay. So you are you are heavily invested in this game here. Um, who would have guessed, guessed this would be where my chips would fall this week? It feels particularly cruel to uh, leverage against you in your needs here. What's the over under on this game? Uh, it is forty point five. All right. Give me the under thirty point five. Oh, I mean that's fair. Hurtful but fair. Uh, oh, Kyle's like the Judy Twitter defensive Russ narrative. I mean, Judy's been the only guy who's played well with Russ, so I think he... I don't he know if that... Uh, uh, how about the Devontae Adams Instagram defense of Derek Carr? I don't I don't know if those narratives work. I mean, he's like... He wanted to play with his buddy from college, and now they're benching him and probably shipping him out of town. He should be mad. I mean, poor Devontae Adams. He's had to play with uh, Aaron Rodgers and Derek Carr. Is actually kind of a bad run out for like, your franchise quarterback and your best bud. He is going to – him and Sidham, I mean, he is going to not be running a lot of effort on those routes, but we'll see this weekend. No. Carolina, 18.8 implied points. Tampa, 21.8 implied points. Uh, Pete, what do you want in this one? All right. 
Mike Evans finally has to get loose for a bomb, right? It was against Carolina last time where he just dropped an easy, it was like a 70-yard touchdown. Let's say Mike Evans finally wakes up in the winning Millie Maker lineup. Okay. Um, it's only a three-point spread. I think Carolina wins by seven. Okay. I think Tampa Bay is so done, and I think they're going to blitz him a lot, and I think it's going to be very funny when Sam Darnold goes to the playoffs over Tom Brady. Dude, it is it is crazy. To, like I I did at the start in those playoff drafts, I was doing buck stuff because they're so cheap, and yet I'm like they're cheap for a fucking reason. Like this team is so uninspiring. Yeah, I took some Evans and Fournette, and I think it's possible those guys could still get there. But yeah, it's definitely an ugly spot. Carolina's a good team or a better team. It seems like the Tampa Bay right now. Arizona, 19.8 implied points. Atlanta, 22.8 implied points. Big James Conner ownership going his way. Some ownership going Algier and Drake London's way. What do you want, Pete, in the battle between two teams that a game really Kyle Pitts would have been doing great in? This is like, this is one of those games where there is, like you said, an alternate reality where this game has like a 56 point total. Um, mm -hmm. and that you are just licking your chops, uh, which we were back in the summer for this game. Uh, I still think it could be surprisingly good, but yeah, it's probably going to happen through the ground. I love your boy, Tyler Algier. I'll tell you, uh, I'll do, can I get 10 points if Tyler Algier has two touchdowns? Um, yeah, I'll give it to you. I mean, I'm, I think that'd be a great outcome. For I know everybody. how to pander to you. Yeah. Um, I'll go with, uh, so Tyler Algier, I'm seeing, wow, he's got a 14.6 projection from Stochastic. Uh, James Conner, 19.2. I'll say Tyler Algier outscores James Conner by five DK points. Did you say there's something going on with James Conner's health? He's sick, but you know, like he, he plays through that stuff and he clearly likes to pad some stuff. I need, I need a, I need a 2.6 premium on this. Okay. Um, so what's the final bet then? What you said outscoring by six, right? Yeah, but or yeah, by so five. I'm saying outscoring by eight. I need a 2.6 premium. Okay, that's fine. 2.6. You said a 2.6 premium, and I was like, that's very specific and confusing to me. No. <laughs> but okay, Miami, uh, 19.8 implied points. No two in this one. Going to be a Teddy Bridgewater start. New England, 23 implied points their way. Um, I'm rooting for Ramondre, Pete. But what are you rooting for here? What am I rooting for here? Um, I am rooting for hmm. Every week, one of these ancillary Patriots pass catchers, whether it's Kendrick Bourne, Tyquan Thornton, or Nelson Aguilar goes off, I'm just going to keep martingaling the shit out of Tyquan Thornton. It, it's it's almost just a bit for me at this point, but he is still running a lot of routes. 3K. Um, let me find a funner way to frame this. Give me 10 points if Tyquan Thornton outscores one of Tyreek Hill or Jalen Waddle. Okay. Oh, that's that's definitely fair. Um I will say Jacoby Myers scores 20 more points than Tyquan Thornton. Is that a 10-pointer? Say that again? Jacoby Myers, 20 more DK points than Tyquan Thornton. Uh, 20 more? Yeah, that's a 10-pointer. Okay, I'll accept that. Jacoby Myers actually projected for some ownership this week for whatever reason. 15% uh, from Stochastic, it looks like right now. Um, Niners, 25.8 implied points. Vegas down to... 16.3 implied points. Uh, Pete, I'll go first in this one. I think the Niners win by 20. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's a 10-pointer. Um, this is 
you know what? I want to continue to make you feel good. And I was going to bring this up when you pulled up your BBM three team, but I was talking, we have in our 10 K NFC league with Leone and Gretchen Corain. We have some start sit decisions that like revolve around like what's going on with Eckler, Algier Dobbins and Iuke and Pat like pounded the table after writing the walkthrough. I haven't got to read it yet, but he's like, we have to start Iuke this week. He loved how things set up for him. So let's uh, hope for your BBM sake and for my ride or die sake, uh, Brandon Ayuk, I will say, uh, 10 pointer outscores Christian McCaffrey. Okay. I, I'll allow that one. And yeah, this was the worst, worst passing matchup in the league to go against the Vegas D at 24.5% DVOA boost. So, uh, certainly should be a good matchup on paper for all the pass catchers of San Francisco jets, 22 implied points, Seattle, 20 implied points. Uh, Pete, I'll let you go first. What do you want in this one? And, uh, so Christian or uh, Garrett Wilson is the bell of the ball here. I've been drafting him when I do the battle Royales. He's always kind of sitting there in either the third or fourth round. Um, man, I just don't know what's not to like about Garrett Wilson with Mike white versus this Seattle secondary. I do think this is like an explosion spot for him. And at 5,500, my God. Um, yeah, I'll put him in the winning Millie maker lineup. So this play, I don't know that I actually believe in because he just keeps finding ways to not get there. But if Bam Knight were the highest scorer in the game, is that a 10 pointer? Yes. The okay. including the QBs? Yes. Yeah, for sure. Okay, I'll take that. Minnesota, 22.3 implied points. Green Bay, 25.8 implied points. Um, do you get this line? Because it doesn't make sense to me. And I think the one way it makes sense is if the, the expectation is the Eagles win that early game and then Minnesota's not playing for the bye and they don't try. That's the only way I get this line being two and a half. Yeah, it's interesting you said that because I the part of it that I haven't been getting is I'm like, this total just feels slightly high to me. Um, you know, if it was in Minnesota, I would maybe see it, but I just know green Bay, like when they get to December, they are just going to run the shit out of AJ Dillon, uh, in this spot. So that was what fell off to me here. Um, but yeah, I, I I'm with you. That does seem like a weird number on the spread side as well. Um, uh, did you already make yours or do you want me? No, to no. I just, I just wanted to point that observation out. Um, so one interesting narrative thing is that, uh, Jair Alexander was saying that Justin Jefferson's game against them in week one was a fluke. I think it, I think it wasn't, um, I think it's a tough matchup, but I think Jefferson goes for 200 receiving yards here. I think he gets his 2k receiving yards in this game. So I think he, that'd be like 250, but I'll say he gets over 200 here. Over 200 is definitely a 10 pointer here. Um, man, I, I love this spot for AJ Dillon. Um, can I, how many points does AJ Dillon need to outscore Justin Jefferson by? Uh, he has to outscore him by, let's see, about six and a half, it looks like, or six. All right, I'll do uh, AJ Dillon uh, plus six and a half on Jefferson. All right, Rams, 18 implied points. Chargers, 24.5 implied points. Pete has talked a lot about the Eckler injury potential there. Uh, what do you want in this game between the Rams and the Chargers? Man, yeah, this is a weird one. Uh, both with injuries, incentives, the Rams are just such a wild card right now. Um, let's say, let's say the Cam Akers train keeps rolling. Cam Akers outscores both, or how about this? There, let's say Cam Akers outscores both Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Can that be a ten pointer? Uh, yeah, I think it would have to be, uh, yeah. Kyle said, can't make chalk week. What could go wrong? I hope wait, really he on, on DK I'm seeing projected 4.4 ownership. Yeah. I don't think he's actually going to be chalky. I think the field's ownership will be a little higher. Cause, uh, he is, it is a green EVP number. So, and obviously coming off the three touchdown game, yeah. I think he gets like 15%, probably not that high. 
Um, But anyway, I will take in this one. What if Josh Kelly were to outscore uh, Cam Akers and Austin Eckler? Is that okay? So not contingent on Eckler sitting. It's just in either scenario. Sure. I'll give that to you. All right. And Sunday night football, absolute dog shit game. 16.3 implied points for Pittsburgh, 18.8 for Baltimore. Pete, who would be your showdown winning captain in this marquee matchup? That means very little. Um, I'm just pulling up the salaries now. Huntley, 9,400. Najee, 10,6. Deontay Johnson, 8,6. Um, I'll, I'll say Huntley. Okay. I will go George Pickens captain here. George Pickens. All right. I like it. Bad deep ball D for Baltimore. That stands out there. Pete, you're going to go do Sirius XM. What's the show schedule? I think you got JM to win later today. So yeah, tell I'm me doing, about your uh, great return. Yeah. Multiple, multiple shows today, Sirius XM, then doing JM. And then I'm also going to do a little uh, deposit kingdom live hang tonight on YouTube. Did it last year, just closing out the year with a bunch of the guys who are super active in the discord. So if you want to have a few beverages reminisce, maybe we'll rip a few drafts. Uh, that's going to kick off at around 8 PM tonight. So make sure to go check out Peach Channel then. I'll be on Stochastic on Sunday with our pal Eric Lindquist, the man behind the puppet here at, I think, 8.30 in the morning, 8.45 in the morning. So go check that one out there. Follow me at Chris Fags. Follow Pete at Peter Overzet, And follow this show at Splash Play Pod. We appreciate each and every one of you for being here. And we will catch you guys again very soon. So good luck in your week 17s. Bye. (laughs)